0: Hi, this is MG. And Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Silver Sisters Talk. And we are here. It is September, and um, we haven't seen each other for a while. We took a little break um, due to some work commitments, but we're back, and we are happy to see each other and to share what we have in front of us with you.
1: Yeah. Our listening audience. Yeah. There might be only like four of you out there, but we love you all. You sweet four people. And if this doesn't serve you guys,
0: it sure serves us.
1: (laughs) Amen, Elizabeth. It's like a meeting. Every time we do this, it's like afterwards. I feel like I went to a meeting. Right, except we're doing it in the privacy of our home. So for those of you out out there who might be inspired to do a podcast, I recommend it. It's fairly straightforward and easy, and it's a great way to... Keep your mind on your program. It's an
0: outlet. Yes, absolutely. And our objective is to sort of bring our experience, strength, and hope. I don't even know how many years we have between us in multiple programs. But we want to help you take your sobriety and your program outside of the meeting, outside of your um, relationship with your sponsor, and out into the real world. So, you know, how do you do it living? And that's kind of what our objective is with this podcast is just to share how we do it and
1: I like that our approach isn't specifically with the 12-step program I want to bring in like all the different excuse me modalities and all the different tools that I've learned from therapy from you know like I've done the work from women within and I learned information from there and Have you ever done the Landmark Forum? Did you ever do the Landmark Forum? I haven't. I haven't either, and I have strong opinions, but that's neither here nor there. I don't want that to influence you out there if you feel called to do that work, but it's not for me. Anywho, uh, you know, to talk about recovery in terms of like a a holistic approach, because you do yoga. I do yoga. I also practice the Law of Attraction
0: there's you know a whole lot of things intentionality there's a whole Mm. lot of I've also been you know a member of a church for a long time and put that my spirituality into my program so there is there's a lot that goes into this with both of us and so it being the ninth month last month we shared that we want to try to do this at least once a month is to focus on the step and it's since it's the ninth month we're going to focus on the ninth step which is the amends Mm -hmm. and step nine is made direct amends wherever possible to those we had harmed except when to do so and this is something that is one of my favorite parts Mm -hmm. because there's a loophole Mm. except when to do so would injure them or others and I consider myself an other and you are and you should and not should but my sponsor came to me and said, you know, when we did it, you are part of the others. And so that's how it was taught to me. So let's start with the first part, made direct amends wherever possible to those we had harmed. And um, we did do, we talked about this before we started that we did a, um, a I helped, helped Um, MG through a a direct amends recently
1: on a podcast. Sort of like a case study, like what would you do around a specific person? And in my case, this was someone who I've lost contact with for a number of years and I'm still trying to locate this person. So I felt like her name was such an individual name and I think I might've found her, but I was like, I don't know if that's her or not because so many years have passed. Um, But I still need to do that step to reach out. Mm -hmm. But the direct demands I've heard is the optimal is face-to-face. Next optimal is over the phone. Third optimal is through a letter.
0: An email email.
1: or a letter. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, too, like, so one of the things that we do in SLAA is a lot of amends... Are not direct amends because the injure them or others and taking the the recovered person in this process of the others if it could be you then you know like I did not make direct amends to my qualifier
1: yeah and I know you didn't I didn't not immediately I made a direct amends last year Around, oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yes, around, we talked around, about
1: that. Around uh, him. And, uh, and that was really, really fantastic. And it just cleaned the plate. Because one of the reasons why we don't do direct amends in our program, and specifically for exes and, like, recent exes, is that, for me, there was such a lure and an opportunity for getting readdicted, addicted re-intrigued, um and it should, it was just too much of a slippery slope
0: you could be inviting you know any kind of contact with that person could have just invite the whole toxic situation right back in and a lot of times you know we do that we read those um the steps in in meetings and then we get to that oh there we go i could go and call him up and say i'm sorry you know and it's mm-hmm. like nah, nah, mm-hmm. nah, 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 nah. let's start with one and work our way down <laughs> And most of the time, like one of my favorite things is a lot of people say, um, well, I just want closure. Well, closure equals contact. You want to make contact. That's what you want to do.
1: (laughs) You you can't get around me in a little
0: sneaky That's right I know sex and love I, addict I, I am a sex and love addict I mm-hmm. am that I have mm-hmm. done all of this stuff and I know mm-hmm. exactly what it looks like there's you did not invent these thoughts so yes we don't do that and it's just it's a it's a you know what we do do is what, how we do handle that is you know how I do it is we I sit with my sponsee we go through the list of everybody that they've harmed and what the specific offense was Mm -hmm. where was your part and then write a letter and I always sort of use the framework of where was I self-seeking dishonest fearful and selfish and write from there and write the amends and then we will meet um, oftentimes in my backyard and I have a little pot out there
1: and we we burned those letters. And we did. I burned my letters in Elizabeth's backyard. And there was a very bizarre spiritual situation that happened. And it was, and the only way that I can describe it was I felt like grace descended upon us, that there was this ultimate peace. And it was so profound, like I was feeling it. I'm like, wow, that feels so good. And then Elizabeth said, do you feel that, and I was like, "You feel it too?" and it was like, "Oh my god and that that lasted for like three days until i got my boss got on my nerves and <laughs> <laughs> I was just like Did oh. it. I was on this grace high, and my silly boss it was. was it like, was like the pink cloud came in the
0: backyard and picked us both up. It was. Yeah. It was really awesome. It was yeah, so and I've great. had a few of those where oh, yeah, wow. working with someone and just noticing like, did you can you you know can you feel that like, yeah. it's there. So, so one of the things I wanted to share about too that I thought I would share with in my ninth step was I wrote a letter
1: to my mother. Yeah, you talked and, about that on the 8th step. We just finished that. Uh, oh, did I? And, and
0: made a, And I made amends to her, and I did not in the letter. Right. But I, I never gave it to her. And I carried it around with me in my purse. And finally, um, she called me one afternoon, and um, we were talking, and I had the opportunity to make the amends. And, and it just did. came into my head to do it, and I did it. I didn't even pull the letter out I was just like you know mom I want to say this and um, I really understood you know I really got it that that was why I had to wait Mm. because if I would have done it if I would have done it you know when my sponsor wanted me to do it she wanted me to mail the letter and I never did and um, I just felt like I couldn't for some reason But I just feel like if I hadn't awaited I wouldn't have had the gift of what I really really understood with my mom
1: why is it important that we do that the direct amends piece of it I've always been so curious as to why it was crafted in that manner because I've heard that we don't make the amends for them we make the amends for ourselves and Uh, I intuit that the reason that we do that directly is so that there can be a healing on our part and on their part. And that it's almost like in a way, um, you know, when they say talk the talk and then walk the walk, that that is a demonstrable piece of showing this other individual your And the universe. And the universe. And yourself. And yourself. That you're strong enough, that you can do this, you're able to do it. But I've always just been so amazed about that because I feel like a lot of this work is very introspective. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, I think it's deep. You know, you have to be an evolved person, I think, in order to face this part of it. But I think for me, the reason I needed to make direct amends was because I needed to hear myself say that you know, Mom, I just want to apologize for this. I thought this and this and this of you and, you know, recently had a situation with my daughter and I realized you probably did the best you could, you know, and I've been hanging on to that for
1: a long time. And I needed to let go of it. I do have to say that it was extraordinary that when I did make direct amends to one person, I had such guilt... Over what had happened, and I basically blew blew her off. I was working for her, and I blew her off to like go and have an intrigue with someone. And when I finally made the amends to her, and I said, you know what, I'm so sorry that I didn't, you know, show up for, you know, because she worked rodeo and it was a big deal, and and uh, and it was like one of my last times to work there. And she said, girl, I knew that T.B. was in town. I knew that he was that. That's where you were. And she goes, I I didn't think a thing about it. She said, sweetie, I'm an alcoholic. I know what it's like. And she instantly forgave me. And I realized how I had been carrying that, that guilt of not being able to show up for my friend and and be there for her. Because I'm a really responsible person. And for me to act in that manner, just so I could go have an intrigue was um, so shameful to me. Mm-hmm. And then for her, just to you know honor that you know I was an ad she understood she goes, listen, I'm an alcoholic. So
0: and that's a really good example of you know the, recipro- the reciprocity in making an amends and sometimes you do get that. Sometimes you don't. And I do want to point that out as well, which is why we
1: have a sponsor that we work
0: with and um yeah to
1: help you determine those people that it might not be appropriate
0: and and if you do what you do to to get out of it you know what you do to make your exit and i have made an amends to someone and um this person she um was like yeah well you know i i i wasn't very happy with you and she wasn't real forgiving and um I just sat and listened. I didn't argue. Mm. And I just reiterated, well, I really just wanted to,
1: you know, make amends for that. And w- how is an amends different than an apology? I think you own your part,
0: you know. I think an apology you kind of say I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings or I'm sorry if I did mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas an amends is, you know, I had a part in this and this mm-hmm. is what I did and really owning your part. No, it's I think it's clear, you mm-hmm. know, it's more intricate.
1: I also feel that an amends is also a commitment to never doing that behavior a again. A promise in your life, yes. So I can say, I'm sorry, and then go back and do, right, it, again, do it again. But in amends. And be sorrier. Yeah, be sorrier. <laughs> I'm Jeez. even sorrier oh this time. Oh my God, I'm
0: so sorry. Yeah, well, yes. And I do think that that's part of the process of like using the word amends. You know, the first time when I did it in my first program, I didn't use that word. I used, um, I, I apologize, you know, I'm sorry. And in the second time, you know, when I did this pro when I did my amends in SLAA, I used the word um, amends and would like to make amends because I do, I did fully intend to not participate in that behavior again, Mm
1: -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the letter writing was really a, a strong thing because I was able to write it all out without like any censorship because I knew that this person wasn't going to get it. So I could really be just as frank and as blunt as I needed to be. And I wasn't, and I didn't, and what I mean by that is I don't say, well, because you were so crappy to me, that's why I did this. But it was just, I could really, you know, like I told my husband, I'm sorry, I married you and I didn't love you. I could just be really, really. Well, you probably wouldn't say that to him if you, you right. Yeah, right. And I believe that energetically, that speaking those words out into the universe, that they're going to get on some psychic, molecular level, I like to believe that they're going to hear it in some sort of spiritual way. And for the person that I made a direct amends recently, it was, and we might have spoken about it previously in a podcast, I had, it was someone that was my last qualifier, and I just felt too slippery around that person to make direct amends. But after coming back from New York, so after a six-year... Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, and I had seen this person out, and I'd like gotten some feedback from you and Sandy about, like, you know, um, how do you do it? How do you do it with someone that you keep seeing out? And, um, you know, I remember Sandy saying that it doesn't ever really feel good when you see them, but, you know, clearing the air... And I tried to work out where I could meet face-to-face because I was ready to do that, but it just didn't happen. And finally, I just sent him an email, and I just said, hey, listen, I just really want to apologize. And you helped me work through just a real clear statement. And basically, the apology was not honoring what he told me. He told me clearly, I'm not interested in a relationship. And I was like, okay. And in my little sick SLA mind, I was like, oh, but once you get to know me, you're going to love me, mm-hmm. you're going to... Well, I it's can gonna make gonna him change. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can change him. And that was all my manipulation and my intrigue to try to get him over into, sorry, Camp MG. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was basically, you know, what I did is that I didn't, I didn't you know, honor his boundary. Which he was clear from the get-go. I'm not interested in a relationship. This is just a sexual relationship. And if I had been in a different place, then it could have been like, you know, a okay situation. I mean, my therapist used to say, if you're clear and they're clear and it's consensual and y'all are both meeting at the same energy level, he goes, then you can have non-addictive interactions but it's unlikely and more difficult. Right, especially someone like us. Yes, definitely. So after that happened, I haven't seen him once.
0: Which is, so I was going to bring that up. So one of the reasons MG did do this direct amends after we had burned the letter in the backyard was because she did keep seeing him and running into him. And that you know the thing is is that it brings up the thing in your own mind where you're like i have to clear this up and that doesn't happen with every person but it did happen
1: with you and you know we talked about it and you did it and you cleaned it up and he was very gracious in his email response when he emailed back and he was like He goes, I forgave you a long time ago. He goes, "Um, you know, I was in a strange place, and I think that you were too. And uh, he said, you know, I have no hard feelings on my part. And uh, I said, thank you, Merry Christmas. And he responded back, Merry Christmas. And that was it. And I feel like 100% check, good. And if I did see him, I'd be able to say, oh, hello. Mm Mm-hmm. If it happened to be, like, there was a group, you know, talking or whatever, I'd go, oh, hello. I wouldn't necessarily want to go out yes, as a group and, like, see. Have a long conversation, no, but no, you could no, be no. like, how's it going? Yeah, because, I mean, and and I talk about this a lot, that I feel like the program is about being happy, joyous, and free. And that's, like, the mandate. And so, if I'm not going towards my own happiness and freedom and joy, then, you know, I feel like I have more work to do. And I live a pretty pretty happy, joyous, and free kind of life and free from the bondage of self, free from all that crap that comes up. I can go out and I can have clean interactions with people and say and do things that I don't regret or think on the way home, oh, I wish I hadn't said yeah, that. Yeah, me and my big mouth. Me and my big mouth. I mean, I still do it. It's progress, not perfection. Right, yeah. But yeah, I do too. But for the most part, I feel really good about, you know, 99% of my interactions in the world. So So
0: I wanted to talk, and I don't remember if we did this in 8th Step. I don't think we did, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what... If you have a situation where you need to make amends for something that you've done, but to do so would really harm you. And so the example that I have, and I've had a few of these, is um, let's say that you um, you stole and if you fessed up now, you could be arrested or jailed. Um, or the, the one that comes to mind is I had a sponsee in um, AA who had remembered that she had hit another car mm. and she had no idea what street she was on. She didn't even know where it was. And, but she didn't know what kind of car it was. And she kind of remembers the damage. And um, in so what I said is I said, okay, like let's take this like this, let's, why don't you see if you could figure out how much damage you did to this car you know by googling it and maybe the body and part a, and a
1: numeric and get money value get a
0: money value and then take that money and donate it to some worthy cause and her face lit up she was like that i can do You know, because to try and figure out like where this vehicle was, and then you know to fess up to it, I hit and run, and you know there was a lot of stuff in there
1: that she was just like, "Eh." and they might not be very happy, and who knows who it was? Uh, Exactly, exactly.
0: And I mean, I think the reality was is that she she thinks that maybe it was on this street and in this, but she doesn't know, and she may have been in a blackout and not even able to find the vehicle. So she did, she called me and she said, I just wanted to let you know I made a donation today and I donated it to this and it was in that amount and I feel really good. Aww. So I just want to encourage you, the listener, to be creative, you know, yeah. you do not have to like, everything is not black and white, you know, and that when you work with a sponsor that you guys together can come up with a, a method to make an amend." You know that where you can clean your slate, but not necessarily putting yourself in danger,
1: or harm, or risk, or re-traumatize yourself right. around the situation. Right. You know, I often talk about with my sponsees when they get done working a, a step, to notice their own psychic energy around that step, because for me it was so toxic to do a four-step to bring and dredge up all that stuff, and the same way around the eighth and ninth step. I mean to, like, write a list of all the persons you had harmed and then become willing and then to actually make the amends is some pretty, for me, it was a That's really heavy stuff. situation. Mm-hmm. And so the toxicity around all that, I'm like, you know, really be gentle with yourself. I don't give people a pass on it, but, you know, for some people, when they talk about, like, you know, let, let's have a strategy and a plan, are we gonna, you know, do you can do this amend next week? Or you can do this amend amends in three months when your daughter comes to visit. You can do this amends, you know, in six months, when they're when you're out when you're on a break from school, you know, things like that. I, I encourage people not to traumatize themselves around it. And I also don't stop. Like once we get to we've made the list and they've become willing and if they're having issues, I'm like, let's push on to step 10 and, you know, keep, keep those out there. Do you do that? Do you allow yes, that?
0: Yes. Although I don't, you know, I do want to be gentle, but I also want to like, so, you know, I'll notice some of my sponsees will, you know, will be like, just write a letter to them. Yeah. a Letter. Yes. A letter. Yes. A letter. And then the next one will be someone, my sister or something like that, and they'll go, letter, and I'll well, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. This is someone you have a relationship right now with. You have a continued relationship, and this stuff is sitting in between you. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm kind of a hard ass when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think that there are, even if you think it's going to be, as a sponsee, you think it's going to be challenging and it's going to be hard, that doesn't mean you write the letter it means you got to do the direct amends it means yeah. it's you know you might not do it right away you might have to sit on it like i did with my mother but you do need to do the direct amends when you have a continued relationship with that person
1: well and that was like my friend who i worked for that was part of it and i i only really had to make like a few direct amends because it were it was with like you know people that were i call like you know just victims of my sex and love addiction, like, you know, passers-by, but it was a really powerful thing, and and I did feel so much better, and I think that the reason that the steps are in the order that they're in is because at, at step nine, I feel like you're pretty much done. You got 10, 11, and 12, which are beautiful steps that we can continue to do and work on our program, but I felt just like, you know, I'm ready to like... Take off. I felt so relieved that I'd done the majority of the work up until step nine. So doing this work and making those direct amends is such a powerful experience that will help you launch into the rest of your steps and continue on with your recovery. Yeah, don't shy away from it because it's challenging. Because it's it's not. It's
0: not easy stuff, but um,
1: it is rewarding. And we didn't get here in you know five minutes, and so it can take uh-huh. us a while to get out of it.
0: Yeah, it took you a long time to create whatever mess you're in. So yeah, yeah. But there's also then you know lastly there's the um the book says before we are halfway done with step nine, and that's where the promises come in, and that's in um, the 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 big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, when they're talking about the steps, this is before we are halfway done, we will, and then it goes into this, you know, this this tirade about what the promises are. Mm-hmm. We will know a new sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, we will mm-hmm. we will know how to forget the past, um, close the door on the past, yet, you know, not forget about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of the promises, and that's what the pink cloud is. And this is where you just really start... It's that freedom of the shackles of all of your own crap that you break those shackles yeah. and then you're free.
1: Right. Let's talk about living amends because one of the amends that I needed to make was to my friend Barrett who died. He died of AIDS like 1990, 1991. And uh, one of the things that had happened is that when I was in the Air Force and love addicted to this man, he came to see me over in England and I was supposed to go pick him up at the train station, and I was, like, all wrapped up in this guy, and we were going to a concert, and I foisted my friend off on my roommate, and, you know, it just, it it was just a horrible situation, I was supposed to go with him to Paris, I didn't, he was like, I'm all alone in Paris, you know, three days in Paris without anybody, and uh, I just have regretted that all my life, and so, you know, I wrote him a letter of apology, but here's my living amends that I do. And, uh, and I do it because, and I'm just going to get a little bit tearful now, because I don't think I'll ever be free from that guilt and that pain and remorse that I treated my friend so poorly just over some stupid guy. And not that he was a stupid guy, but he was, you know, the um, man of the hour. So what I do is that whenever ever I go to, you know, the grocery store and they ask me, would you like to donate a dollar to juvenile diabetes? I say, absolutely. And I do it in my friend's name. And I just know my friend is up in heaven just like laughing and knowing that, you know, every time I go some to one of these places that, you know, I'm donating this money because it's like a constant thing. There, there's no donation I could make. There's no... Um, you know, I do fundraisers for AIDS and things of that nature in his name and on his behalf. But for this little thing, it's that constant reminder that, you know, I'm still trying to settle that psychic debt within our relationship.
0: Well, and you're also, you know, remembering him. And I think just like I, I living amends are, you know, things that you, changes that you make in your life, you know? And mine, uh, a lot of my stuff is wrapped up around in me and how I take care of me. It's um, 14 years and I'm still going to meetings. Um, I do a lot of service work and those are things that I promised to myself when I was doing my amends to never
1: edge back into that place where I was well I never and that's like and and I'm jumping a little bit ahead to the tenth step you know that when we continue to take personal inventory it's like we catch ourselves before we get into that situation so that I will never hurt someone like I hurt my friend right I'll never hurt these guys that I like got involved in. An and pain
0: with. that, you know, it reminds you it's the, yes. it's the, it's the, the constant reminder and that, you know, for me it is, it's, you know, I go to two meetings a week, every week that I'm in town and I don't miss. And, you know, there, there are certain things that I do and you got to work those out with your sponsor, you know, and what you're going to do and how you're going to, create your living amends whatever it is if it's for somebody that's gone or if it's something that you did and you know you regret like some you know something out of alignment with your character and your Mm -hmm. own values or if it's something like what I do just to prevent myself from sliding back into that right shithole one more time we never have to go there again I don't have to go there again ever again I have all the information that I need
1: And going to meetings reminds me of that. Amen. Working with sponsors reminds me of that. Yes. Amen. So clearly. And and then just to wrap up, some of the strategies that we talked about around it is to definitely work with a sponsor. Amen. When you work the steps. I mean, um, it's just so important to get a trusted servant to help you make those decisions about who you need to write a letter to. And, you know... If you have, if you're fortunate to have recovery partners, you know, whenever you're getting ready to go and make an amends, you can do a book ending where you're like, okay, I'm getting ready to go and meet the person and hear, and and write a little script, Mm -hmm. you know, write down the two to three sentences that you need to say, keep it short. That is one thing that I forgot to say. Our tendency,
0: one of the biggest mistakes you can make in making amends is to say too much, which is why you need a sponsor to help you. It's two to three sentences and then there's a period. And that means stop. <laughs>
1: that means the end. You don't keep going past the period. And you don't need to ask for their feedback either. <laughs> there are some modalities where like with women within where you have this whole sort of um, you know, devised art devised conversation where you do ask for feedback, but that's not what this is no. about. No. This is to do it and then I like to make it like a coffee shop where you can, like, there's other people around um, so that, you know, either you or they might not go into hysterics or whatever, you know, because you're in a public place. So it gives you a little bit of, um, um, you know, fortification around emotionality. So, you know, going and saying those things and then getting the hell out. And then do these things in order. Yeah. Don't, don't
0: read read through the steps when you're on step two or three and decide to go into qual- call up that qualifier and and make amends you know mm-hmm. doom in order
1: mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm.
0: they're they're created that way for a purpose
1: right so thank you so much elizabeth this has thank been a really you. good podcast i'm i'm really excited about those out there who are listening and i'm proud of us for our work me and too
0: Don't forget, if you do like us, to like and share us um, on social media, to subscribe
1: so that you get our updates, and um, listen. And tune in, and then next month we'll work on Step 10. But we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.